the latest on the world game on Sport 24-7. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome again to 442 Insider. I'm Colin Turner and I'm here again at the offices of one of the best football magazines in the world, 442. It's time again to meet and discuss all the topics of the world game. And with me again this week, the publishing director, Andy Jackson, the chief editor, Paul Hansfield, and the deputy editor, Trevor Trahane. Let's start our discussion with you, Paul, and we talk about a man who actually doesn't talk an awful lot, Ernie Marrick at Melbourne Victory. Sometimes I find it hard to get a word out of him, but he has been talking. Yeah, he has. We managed to get an exclusive interview with him on our website this week and managed to talk to him about uh, several different subjects, mostly on the agenda is Kevin Musker and whether or not he's going to sign again with the team. They're saying that, well, Ernie's saying that he thinks Kevin can probably play for another two years on on those old legs. And uh, while he said that it wasn't his final decision, it was Gary Cole who who makes a decision on those signings. He he would like to see Kevin stay for a couple more years. And, you know, he's he's the inspirational man on the field. He's he's like a coach on the field, really, for Melbourne. But wasn't uh, wasn't there talk somewhere that Kevin Muscat might leave Melbourne Victory and go somewhere, Andy? Yeah, we talked about this last week. There was some talk that... um, Ian Ferguson was interested in taking him up to North Queensland. But I think, as we said last week, I think you know Kevin Muscat sort of is synonymous with Melbourne victory, and it would yeah, seem right. very, very strange him lining up in another shirt. So um, I think he'll stay. I think he's probably um, that that interest probably came out at a decent time to put a little bit of pressure on Melbourne victory to, to make their mind up and offer him a new deal, which I'm sure right. he'll probably do. And I, I can't see him leaving there. I think he'll get another couple of seasons. Did it come up, Paul, in in your discussion with uh, with Ernie? Did he say anything about? Mus- could leaving or there was talk about it or no there wasn't really I mean it was a quite a wide-ranging interview we spoke to him about um, Carlos Hernandez as well right. signing him up and uh, the new Thai defender um, Surka I think his name is yeah S- um, yeah so um, you know with John Buri. yeah he's quite quite um, it was Good quite player. an interesting interview obviously because he's uh, now the the face or the coaching face of football superstar <laughs> following in John Cosmina's footsteps from last year so right. uh, you know, for, and, and as as we said before, for a man who's uh, a little bit shy with the media, it's quite strange that he's going to be on a on a reality TV show. Mm. Um, but you know, he says he's uh, looking forward to it and going to enjoy the experience. All right, let, let's move on from uh, Melbourne victory and talk about the uh, fury. And I suppose, Trevor, you're keeping your eye on everything that's happening up in Queensland. You seem to like the old Gold Coast and all up that uh, part of the country, don't you? Oh, I like the new teams. I'm quite excited about the new teams coming in the league. So it's always good to. Uh, he likes the fashion up there. Oh, is that? Right? It is, yeah. It's yeah. always good to Drop read about. Bar, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, they talk about North Queensland Fury. I've got a friendly over in Singapore, and they were just making some points about how important it is for league teams to have ties with Asia, whether it be you know feeding players or commercially through sponsors and stuff, which sounds like a, a pretty sensible plan. But I don't think it's any, anything new. I'd imagine every other A-League team would be thinking the same as well. Do you, do you, do you think, fellas? Uh, you know, he's been here for a couple of months, Robbie Fowler. Do you think that he's doing enough to uh, promote to promote the the fury up there? For the simple reason is there's been a couple of uh, cowboy games, and I would have expected to see him there. You know, when you see rugby league 
League in England, sometimes you see you used to see Roy Keane sitting in the grandstand. But like I haven't seen Fowler sort of well, spread, I don't, I don't, spread no, gospel. It, yeah. It's difficult when we're not up there. I mean, we don't know what what they're doing right. in the community. I know that, that, that a lot of the A League clubs at, at this stage of the season they're they're very active in grassroots because yeah, right. all the grassroots clubs are, it's obviously their season now. So we're not we're not we don't know what they're doing on the ground there. And and I would say that I, I very much doubt that. North Queensland Fury without Robbie Fowler would be getting those games in Asia. I think they're yeah, they're right. a, they're the Robbie Fowler's yeah. the draw card of that rather than a team that hasn't played a game yet. So I think he's probably, you know, he, he's certainly putting the club on the map from that regard. Mm. But um, when you watch rugby league and you see the Cowboys playing and you see shots taken at the grandstand, it would be great to have Fowler there and do sort of cross promotions. And there's Robbie Fowler who's going to be yeah. playing with the Fury. I don't blame him for not turning up to watch rugby league. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the back that's, that's that. assuming the Cowboys <laughs> would let him do that. Yeah. You know? well, yeah. Wouldn't be the Cowboys. It would be Fox, and it would be good for Fox. Yeah, you know, yeah. if they were if they were they were thinking about it. So the Fury seemed to be okay, uh, Trevor. What about um, Brisbane with uh, Michael Zolo? What's the situation there? Does anyone you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's he's talked about the fact that you know he he had potentially had the opportunity to move to uh, to Europe and and obviously didn't take it. Decided to stay. Talked about the fact that his his one appearance for the Socceroos probably wasn't um, wasn't the best of games to make your debut, which was a defeat to Kuwait in the Asian Cup. But um, yeah, I, I think it's good to see someone like Zulo you know, take a bit of a reality check and stay here for another season or two because, you know, if, if we've been honest, he's not going to get anywhere near a first team in a decent league in, right. in Europe at the moment. So he would be going over to Europe probably to earn more money, but earn more money not playing regularly. And I think, you know, that that's going to be the, the, the... You know, you look at someone like James Holland who's done that. Yeah. He's gone overseas and, and he's not broken into the, uh, to the AZ team. But, you know, he's getting that experience and it's like, how do you weigh up that, that experience without getting a regular game because if you go there you've got to want to get into the first team yeah well one of the things I was going to say Paul is that we've seen a situation like that happen with uh, Mark Milligan because yeah. Milligan was was messed around he's going over he's coming back and and I think his form completely dipped down and you know he couldn't perform when he was picked yeah it does seem to affect players and I, and I think a lot of it is to do with who's giving them the advice you know right. who's actually behind them a lot of players you can see are just going off you know pretty much anywhere in Europe to to maybe earn their agents the 10% or whatever they get and uh, you know it's not helping their football career right? Uh, and this seems as Andy said to be a, a guy who's got his head screwed on and he's getting you know the people in his ear are, the, are, are giving him the right advice and saying look you know keep your head down and, and play in the A-League de- develop a reputation here get in those Socceroos games where you can get a spot when the A-League players are, are playing mm. and um, you know then, then a move where he has more of a chance to play regularly is, is going to happen hopefully yeah. alright let's turn our attention to one of the biggest games of the year that I suppose the biggest game that you could have in, a, in, in any year the uh, Champions League Cup final Manchester United Barcelona what did you think of it who wants um, to, to go into bat you Trevor I think Man U would be disappointed that they didn't win but they, they can't really complain there was no injustice in the result Barcelona were by far the better team Man U didn't even seem to show up properly and we saw all that Barca stuff we expected like massive periods of possession and passing and took their chances when um, they arose so yeah probably a fair result and fair winners Why do you think Manchester United didn't play well then? Um, they just uh, I think obviously the early goal I think shocked them a bit they, they looked at, there was a period of play after that where 
I think there was like two or three players completely missed their kicks and passes were going astray and, and I think they, they just looked nervous which was which is quite weird when you think about what they you know, what that team has achieved I think for me is it, obviously Ferguson went with like, you know, what is his most mobile midfield with, with Park and Anderson and Carrick to try and counter the fact that he knew that Iniesta and Xavi would would play those little triangles in midfield and keep the ball moving and switch it. And and in, in the end, they weren't good enough. Yeah, well, you know, that, that was the thing, is that you can see what Ferguson was trying to do, but at the end of the day, Xavi and Iniesta were just too good for them. Yeah, well, that's interesting, because I, I looked at it in a different way. What about you, Paul? What did you well, think of it? We did talk, you think Ferguson we, had the right plan? No, the, we, we talked about it um, as the game was going on, and you know I felt that he was you know maybe being a little bit too sentimental. He was playing Park, who yeah. he didn't even having the squad for last year but I, I, I tell you sorry to interrupt but I tell you what I thought he, I think he put Park on because he expected uh, Pepe Guardiola to put uh, Lionel Messi on the left wing and he wanted Park to go back and help O'Shea and suddenly he, he finds that Messi is playing in the centre of midfield mm. and that threw the whole thing out I actually think that's why yeah. he made a mistake and, and I think we we spoke about it in the pod last week where um, it was the team that was going to impose their will and their style yeah. of play on the game right. that was that was going to come out the victor and I think with the early goal and the way that Barcelona came out yeah. they were dictating play Man United were on the back foot they looked very nervous as we said and and they never really got in the game and you're not going to win the game if you can't keep the ball and Barcelona yeah. just had the ball a phenomenal amount of the yeah. time and they just dictated it from almost start to end and there was there was no um there was no real focal point to Man United's Man United going forward because he he, he played Ronaldo in, in almost arguably as a centre forward. Which, when you do that, you sacrifice having a sort of focal point of the attack because Ronaldo will drift in and out. He'll come back and get it deep. And there were many times when Man United did get the ball um, mm. in midfield a while, and there was just nothing, no one, no one for the, for them to aim at up front. And then it was only really at half time when he brought Tevez on that they had that. But I think by that point, the yeah. confidence had gone and. Uh, Barcelona's confidence was up, and um, you know they, they just ran out worthy winners. They were beaten by a much better side. I think he, you know you can criticise how Fergie started it, but he did change stuff at half time. He did bring on Berbatov and did switch Ronaldo to the left. It didn't seem to make any difference whatsoever. I yeah. don't think it really mattered what he done. I think Barcelona were going to win that game. I mean, yeah. you know, for me, everyone was talking about you know, Barcelona being without their three key defenders, and I don't think Ferguson sent out a team to really test that. Mm. He sent That's out right. a team without a centre forward. Mm. You know, Rooney was was. You know, sort of languishing wide on the left, and he didn't do anything, did he? Position, and, and you, yeah. you would have think that if that he would have looked at that and gone, they're missing their three key defenders. Let's really get at them at the back and put them under some pressure. You know, and, in, and as Paul said, in, in actual fact, it was Barcelona who put Vidic and Ferdinand under pressure and, and caused them to make mistakes. Yeah. Quickly around around the table, player of the game, player of the player of the match. Who would you vote for? Paul? I think it would be, you know, it would be hard to pick between the two midfielders for for Barcelona, mm. Xavi and Iniesta. You know, they interchangeable parts. They both kind of boss the midfield and 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 as such boss the game really. So mm -hmm. I think you give them a nod. Trevor, Xavi, I'd probably say uh, it was interesting. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. There was a lot in the build up about Ronaldo versus Messi, which was yeah. pretty boring to be honest with you because it wasn't about that. But everyone's going to howl Messi because he, he finally performed in that big game and got the winner but he didn't do a lot else no 
Exactly. Okay, we'll take a break here. We'll come back with more from 442 in a moment. Live Sport Radio. Sport 24-7. A section of the senior players asked Terry Wallace to resign. Tells us that we've got a bit of a fragmented group. How Terry Wallace goes out and tries to coach tomorrow night is beyond all of us who have a grasp of footy down here. There is some big swells happening at the moment. Just at the bottom of the ramp there, there was like a big four or five foot shore dump, Dave, and um, it was sucking right back out. I thought my boat was sitting on the bottom there a few times. Ferguson himself, with his antics, wins Man United as many points as Mm. as anyone on the pitch. Mm. Two referees operating in rugby league is a total disaster. I've said it from the start. I continue to say it. Immediately, everybody starts pointing the finger and then they start pointing it at the manager and you're like, really, truly, how much of an influence does a manager have? One of the toughest jobs of a manager is really getting the team to gel together. There are New Guinea tribesmen that have never seen a game of rugby league that can tell you Braith and Astor's not a fullback. This is Live Sport Radio. Sport 24-7. Want to bet on the soccer? Come to Betfair.com. Betfair punters bet against each other. Yep, yep, yep. To get better odds and bigger wins. So join the world's biggest online betting community. Betfair.com. Betting as it should be. Promotional code PRT888. Don't miss the new issue of 442, Australia's number one football magazine. This month, we chat exclusively with Mark Schwarzer, Australia's first choice keeper about life at Fulham and why he's not taking World Cup qualification for granted. We go one-on-one with Socceroos assistant coach Graham Arnold in a remarkably candid interview about where we came up short at the Asian Cup and the Olympics. And we ask overseas fans what they think of their Aussie players. Exclusive interviews with Kaka, Arshavan and a look into Boca Juniors youth system rounds off another issue no football fan should be without. On sale at all good news agents or head to au.442.com to subscribe and to get it delivered to your door. If it's in the game, it's in 442. The latest on the world game on Sport 24-7. This is 442 Insider. Okay, welcome back. We've talked about the uh, Champions League and we've had a look at uh, football around Australia. Fellas, there must be some fun in games, you know. There must be a joke and a laugh in our sport somewhere along the way. Who wants to start? Somebody has to come up with a couple of funnies. Yeah, I um, Go on, Paul. Quite, quite enjoyed Survival Sunday, to be honest. There was a couple of uh, um, hilarious moments uh, then. <laughs> um, first of all, was leading up to it, um, some people on the Newcastle United forums were posting a thread called Don't Cry on the Telly and someone put do us all a favour if and when we go down don't cry and give the media a field day there will also be those inevitable fans who want to get on Sky by hanging around in an empty stadium don't do it um, and then there was <laughs> a, 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 a stream off yeah. crying their eyes out holding yeah. their heads rubbing their bellies uh, anyone caught seen crying on the telly or purposely hanging around to be caught doing so should be slaughtered I mean it and this just went on for reams and reams and uh, yeah it happened anyway but I uh, did cry under telly but also I really enjoyed uh, Phil Brown's impromptu karaoke uh, after leading his team amazingly down the table since Christmas um, decided to do a little bit of uh, karaoke with a a stadium mic when uh, Hull stayed up he's Uh, the embarrassing drunk uncle isn't he at the family he he really is with the bad (laughs) seedy goatee as well and the the 
Kermit Tan. Sun Tan. Um, mm. And he was singing We Are Staying Up and singing uh, club songs as well. And the, cl- the crowd were joining in. But uh, not really much to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're mine. Uh, Clever. Well, um, I'm sure anyone who's, who's heard any comments from Lubo, the centre-back at the Newcastle oh, Jets yeah. recently, know that he's a bit of a character. I think he's fast becoming my favourite A-League player. Um, and he's been getting involved with us a little bit. He's been posting on some of our stories. Is it late at night, just before important games and what have you? Mm. And um, he was also driving to meet one of our journalists, Aidan, for, um, for a quick chat. Um, on the way, he stopped. This is in Bondi. I had to ask for directions. And this lad was a football fan, recognised who he was. So um, Lubo gave him a free pair of boots and uh, apparently he said that the lad looked at him like he was God so what a good guy what a good guy what a character as well really pleased to have him in the league I think yeah I think they love him at Newcastle if they if he, they could zip his lip he talks a little bit too much Lubo's lip yeah, yeah. 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 Hugo yeah he, he'll remember Lubo the lip it makes life interesting for us which is good yeah, yeah. a footballer with real personality yeah you know? yeah Andy? Um, well, mine was from this morning, which was, it was actually something that I noticed at the European Championships um, right. last year, and it's to do with Platini. Obviously, he's, Michel, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's now head of UEFA. And he's got this habit when he's dishing out the medals, um, whereby, and he's a bit of a snob with this, whereby for the good players or the people that he respects or anyone that's French, when he's shaking yeah. their hand, he'll do a little sort of Tap. cup around the back of the neck and give right. them the little sort of squeeze like that. So I've sort of christened it like the, the Platini palm, or I suppose in hand of God sort of tradition, it should be the palm of Platini. Mm. And it's almost like this anointment as you go up if you get the palm of Platini. So anyone who taped the game this morning, I brought it to the attention of the lads just before the, as the, they were going to go up to get their medals and it is absolutely hilarious that the good players get the Platini palm oh, right. the bad players don't anyone French immediately gets the Platini palm um, and if you are an absolute star so right. a la Ronaldo and Messi they got the double palm so that oh, was right. the cupping behind the, with, with behind both hands. So anyone who taped the game this morning, rewind it and watch again and look out for who gets the, the palm of Platini and who doesn't, because it's absolutely classic. I think but, there was some French kissing going on as well, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I saw him uh, bear hug uh, the uh, president of Barcelona, Juan Laporte. Um, I saw him do that maybe to, uh, to one or two others. But yeah, he, he, he does like to be a bit of a showman, you know. Yeah. It must be disheartening if you're like, John O'Shea and you go up there and you're like oh he's going to hug me and he's like yeah you get the old limp wrist and you're like big Ron left handed shake I know where I am now yeah but I'll tell you one of the other things that I thought was strange like you have all the dignitaries up there you got uh, Berlusconi up there uh, and Berlusconi spent uh, you know 10 seconds saying to the player well done or whatever but Berlusconi was hanging on to the referee did you see him holding on to he was holding his hand and into his ear you know yeah. Yeah. On, on that note just on a serious note I thought the referee was fantastic oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. compare it with the, the controversy in the semi-final yeah. I thought he would he handled it really well yep. handled the play as well handled any sort of you know niggling that was coming in he took it straight out so yeah. no, I, th- I, th- I think he would be the ideal man to referee or respect the world. as the yeah. FA would like yeah. Yeah. World Cup final yeah. uh, heading for him ok let's uh, move on to Aussies um, you know there's a lot of talk about Australia because we got three internationals coming up but what's the situation with all of the players at the moment has anybody got any idea of who's moving and where they're moving and what's going on Paul 
yeah, we just thought we'd have a look at some some names that might be uh, cropping up in in transfer rumours. You know, us journalists, we like uh, uh, a good transfer story, whether it's true or it's, not. It's free news, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, yeah, we just thought we'd throw a few names out and just see whether or not um, yeah. you know that there's going to be some interest. The one that kind of sparked the the idea of the story was Josh Kennedy. Obviously, he scored two goals for Karlsruhe, yeah. uh, but didn't wasn't enough to stop them from going down. So they're going into the second tier of the the, the yeah. Bundesliga, and uh, it's it's been said that he he's going to move on and maybe go to a Premier League club. Uh, I think he'd make got, a good Championship player. City. I've got I've got the perfect club for Josh Kennedy. I yeah. think Schwarzer should get in Roy Hodgson's ear because I think Fulham would be a fantastic destination for Josh Kennedy. I think the way that Fulham used to play with Brian McBride, who's you know, a mm. big centre-forward, yeah, quite right. an intelligent player, yep. obviously he's retired now. And I think Fulham would be a perfect destination for someone like Kennedy. I think they play decent football. They're not afraid to get the ball in the box. He'd have someone playing up front with him and Andy Johnson. Um, and from a, from a transfer perspective, they'd probably pick him up relatively cheaply. Um, and I think that would be a great place for him to go and, uh, and get an introduction to the Premier League, somewhere where there's, there's probably not the expectations that he might get somewhere else. Yeah, the only thing is, because he's so tall and he's a very good header of the ball, you need someone to cross the ball to him. And, and that's been the problem with, uh, with him at, uh, at Karlsruhe. Like, no one was crossing the ball. The guy will stick mm. the ball in the back of the net for you if you, if you get him across. And, like, you go back to Manchester United and you go back to Beckham. How many goals did Beckham make for Van Nisselrooy yeah, because he was able yeah. to cross the ball? So you need someone like that. And just to go to the Socceroos, when Kennedy is playing, you need to have a Brett Emerton or a Wiltshire coming down the right-hand side and crossing the ball to him. He's not Kennedy is not so good when the cross is coming from the left-hand side, coming from the left wing, but he's very good when it comes from the right-hand side. And, you know, we've seen the goals he scored with his head. He's the Zoolander of um, Australian strikers. He just can't go left, can he? He yeah. uh, can only turn right. Um, but, Who else? Who else, Paul? Well, I'm scared. Scared actually, um, being a Tottenham fan. What um, Trevor's brought to our attention the uh, uh, Mark Viduka issue, and obviously he's gone down. He's yeah. Newcastle United have gone down to the Championship, and uh, he, he he's probably going to move on because he's out of contract, if nothing else. Yeah. But um, Trevor's scared me now, haven't you? Well, Harry Redknapp at Tottenham loves a bargain, and he loves giving players second chances and what have you. Sure. So I think Mark Viduka seems like an ideal signing for him, and I can see him at Spurs next year but he's got Pavlichenko who I thought was the worst buy he inherited him though didn't he he didn't yeah, yeah, buy him. yeah so yeah, he yeah. might he might ship yeah, him out and yeah. get someone mm. yeah you know I, I, there was something in the Australian this week talking about the, the, an insider um which in, in journalistic terms can either mean yeah. player themselves and they or, don't the agent, or, or the yeah. agent or it could also mean that they're just making it up um, <laughs> but there was there was a claim that, that he's actually seriously considering retirement that he might cons- that, that his body's sort of had enough he's had the injuries and he sort of thinks well where else do I go and also which was quite interesting that he said that he looked at the treatment of Aloisi when he came back here right. um, and thought yeah that's not really for me and you know what have I got you know I've got everything to lose by going back and playing in the A-League for me that's a bit of a it's a bit of a cop out you know if you, yeah. if you back your talent and, and everyone talks about how talented he is yeah. um, which undoubtedly he is yeah. you know I think he'd come back here and be a fantastic addition. Ah, you see, yeah. there's the carnal point what you, you, what you mentioned, Andy, about him coming back here. That's a big de- a big decision because his wife wants to go back to Croatia. Right. Yeah. I can't ah. see who he'd join here 
for the coming yeah. season because all the major clubs I'd expect him to sign have already got their marquee yep. in place. He'd have to be a marquee signer, so I can't see him coming back. Can you unless, see? Unless he came on a guesting because he only yeah. plays seven games a season. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last seven that, games. Yeah. They could fit him on the could fit him on the seven. That's game a full guesting. season. Yeah. What about quickly through some of the others? Uh, Cal Valeri, Mili Stajowski. Where does he go? Where does Bresciano go? Yeah, I mean they're all talking about or there's talking papers about them moving. The Bresciano thing's been going on and on and I, I think he's clearly not happy where he is and, and you know I think he I wouldn't say he checked out but I think the Man City move that didn't happen mm. really he know I think he off. felt that but one one name <laughs> name that wasn't mentioned I think who could possibly move is, is Brett Emerton um, you know now mm. under Sam Allardyce does does a player like Brett who gets up and down the pitch you know the way the way Sam plays football he's just going to be watching the ball going over his head quite a lot and I don't know whether or not um, you know he might be uh, looking for, for a move or an agent might be pushing for him to go to a club that can utilise his skills a little bit better I think probably in, in January maybe but um, I think you know there's not going to be many clubs that yeah. will pay good money which Blackburn would want for him mm. um, for someone who's coming back off a long term injury I think clubs will sit and wait and see see mm. how his rehabilitation goes and, and see that he gets in there so that, that could be a possibility on the in the January window, I think. Yeah, right. Okay, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back in a moment with more from inside of 442. It's the show you don't want to miss. The Big E Sports Show with Elissa Walker-Campbell. Stay tuned as Elissa goes up close and personal with some of the biggest names in the world of sports. From Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame quarterback Roger Staubach to legendary broadcaster Pat Summerall. Think big. It's all happening right here on the Big E Sports Show. The Big Esports Show, our taste of the USA. Heard every week on Live Sport Radio, Sport 24-7. Check our program guide for airtimes. I just don't know what's wrong with some tradies today. Look at the vehicles they drive. More show than anything, and certainly not tough. I reckon some tradies have gone soft. For real, fair dinkum, tough tradies, there is only one choice, Mahindra. Mahindra's range of 4x2 and 4x4 work workhorse pickups and cab chassis know how to get the job done and they won't cost an arm and a leg. Starting at $16,990, run out sale price. Visit your local dealer for a test drive today or visit mahindrapickup.com.au Want to bet on the NRL? Come to betfair.com. Betfair punters bet against each other yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. to get better odds yep. and bigger yep. wins. So join the world's biggest online betting community. Betfair.com. Betting as it should be. Promotional code PRT888. Well, ladies, I've been telling you about the e-pen for months, and now the secret's out. We all know hair removal can be expensive and sometimes quite a painful experience. So what's the secret? The e-pen from Magnatech is amazing technology, and it's easy to use. Simply by touching the e-pen onto the hair, it sends a gentle current of energy down to the root of the hair, which permanently and painlessly destroys the hair cell, so hair will never grow from that hair cell again. The e-pen is gentle on your bikini line and great for shaping eyebrows. And just imagine, no more embarrassing facial hair. Perfect for your legs and underarms, and men can use it too. There's no needles or lasers, and using the e-pen is totally pain-free. Get rid of unwanted hair forever. Get your personal e-pen for only $179 plus postage and handling. Here's how to order. Call 1-800-200-109. That's 1-800-200-109. That's 1-800-200-109. Call now. 
the latest on the world game on Sport 24-7. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back. Uh, let's let's continue that discussion, fellas, because uh, there's a lot of other players that could move, might move. Or will they stay where they are? And, you know, you just look around. You mentioned uh, Paul Brett Emerton. What about David Carney, uh, Brad Jones, the uh, goalkeeper from Middlesbrough? Would he move? Vince Grella, what happens to those guys? You know, they're all they're all sort of ready-made guys to pick up a suitcase and move. Mm. I think I, I think it's probably a bit too soon for for Vince Guello. I mean, he's he's obviously just had his first season in the Premier League that never really got started for him. He, he had right. a, a run of injuries, and, and when he was in the team, he sort of looked like he was struggling to get to grips a bit with the, not not through the pace of it, but with the physicality of it. And he, he was he sort of overcompensated a bit. And I remember watching one game where he was very very lucky not to get a straight red card. And I think it was only the fact that. It was his first game, and someone went and had a word in his ear, and, and was, the refs here. Yeah. That was against West Ham, I think. Or, was it, it, did it, Lucas Neal have a word with yeah, the ref or something? Possibly, and, uh, it was a shocking challenge. Yeah, you know. Mm. So I think, I think if I was, if, if you know, if I was Vince Grella or Vince Grella's agent, I would be um, recommending for him to stay where he is for now and show that he, he but, can play at that level. Can I add a, a bit of a writer in there, Andy? Who was the coach? Who was his coach at the time? Paul Ince. Paul Ince. And he was trying to turn him into another Paul Ince, the hard man trick. Yeah. And I don't think Vince Grella is that type of player. Because he was tacking him. He's got streaking him. himself yeah. as that sort of player. Certainly for the Socceroos, he, full, he fills that role in the midfield. That, you know, yeah. that person that sort of stamps his authority on the game. Sometimes yeah, but not quite to go literally. in and kick players up in the air. No, but you sometimes know. it's part of it. Yeah. What about uh, some of the other guys, uh, Trevor, that, that I mentioned? Canny, Jones, all of those guys. Were they? I think Brad Jones, I mean, relegation is never a good thing, but it might not be a bad thing for him. If he, if he goes down to the Championship with Middlesbrough and keeps his spot, that's a pretty good league to cut your teeth in as a, as a young goalkeeper. Um, Adrian Leia, that's an interesting one because he did you know, well at Melbourne Victory and he's just kind of sat in Fulham Reserves for a long while now but there's been a few comments come out of Fulham Reserves saying that he's, he's playing well there so did he go on loan yeah, to Norwich he yeah. did yeah, yeah but I think he must be back at Fulham now but yeah. m- maybe another loan period I don't think he'll come back I still think he'll fancy his chances to mm. try and break into someone but that's the that's the question isn't it you know probably Leia is just a little step too far away from even getting into the Socceroos squad for the World Cup but the big right. question is for a lot of these guys who might not be playing and, and David Carney comes to mind more than anyone else is they need regular football they need to be playing and they need to be uh, in the eye in order to be considered for a spot next next year mm. if we qualify Would, um, I think the thing, if you look at someone like Adrian Leyer who's what how old is he 20 yeah, early 20s, 23, yeah. 22, 20, he was in the Olympics, so he must have been mm. 23. You know, the championship is a is a good league for a 23-year-old centre-half to be learning yeah. their trade. Arguably, mm. potentially a better training ground than the Premier League because you'll have to deal with a number of different teams playing different styles. Some, you know, Undoubtedly, there's a bit of kick and rush from some of the teams in there. So in terms of building your experience, I think you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to challenge at Fulham. Yeah, not, right. not how well Hangeland's come in and played. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he needs to like potentially step down a level to be playing okay, regularly. Yeah, yeah good to idea. Then come back up, yeah. you know, because uh, undoubtedly he will he will learn his trade in the championship very very quickly. Mm-hmm. So 
know if I was him, I'd be looking to do that. What about what about the the new teams that have come up from the championship, like the Birmingham Wolverhampton Wanderers and Burnley? We haven't spoken about them. They, I think that's a magnificent achievement for Burnley. Yeah. But like, there must be some of the boys around that would uh, would be attracted to those clubs. Yeah, you. Would, uh, I was going to say that that you know some of these guys who are on the cusp, you know, have gone yeah. down with relegation. Um, you know, you've got three three teams who are going to be looking to add to, to their mm. squads and and build on their strengths and you know you could see someone like Carl Valeri doing a very good job in in the midfield yeah. of uh, Burnley or yeah. Birmingham you know like he's developed as a player even just through watching him play for the Socceroos um, unfortunately yeah. you don't get to see a lot of him playing where he does uh, a Grosseto but um, yeah there's no reason why that he couldn't he couldn't go into a team and, and cut his teeth at, at that level and, and gain some experience mm, exactly what about Wolverhampton they're going to come out here in the tour you think Mick McCarty would be attracted to an Australian seeing that he's got Australia on the map I think, I think they'd, they'd be attracted to an Australian if they were good enough I'm not I'm not convinced that, that they would look at David Carney Adrian Leo as someone did look at Emerton gonna, oh of course yeah but we're not we're talking about that later yeah, yeah. we're talking about the guys that aren't getting regular football at the moment I'm yeah. not sure that Wolves would look at those players as someone to take being better than what they've got at the moment and taking them on in the Premier League Carney you know Carney would work for Wolves because they don't have any any outside uh, you know flyer down uh, down the left wing so I mean he couldn't get a game at Sheffield United in the Championship I'm not sure how well he's going to fare in the Premiership I'm not quite sure if he's ready for that he's, he's with uh, Cookie over at Norwich isn't he at the yeah, moment yeah, yeah he's yeah, really in Cook know, yeah. over at Norwich so um, depends on you know maybe he could settle down because it does take a little bit of time for players to settle into a new club it doesn't matter where they are or who they are um, so you know I think we got to give the uh, to give the guys a chance but it's a, yeah it's a big season for Kyle I know we're going to talk about the, the new soccer squad uh, in the last section yeah. but you know for those guys you know there's a World Cup place at stake you know they're sure. incumbent in the squad at the moment but as we've seen with players like Reese Williams coming through there are players coming through who have got significantly more experience Experience playing at a higher level than people like David Carney, and there was mm. a, there was a period of time when we went where we didn't have any left-sided players. Chippers was out of a long-term injury, and and now that squad's looking a little bit more balanced. And with people right. like Reese Williams coming through, I think people like David Carney, you know, are going to struggle to make it into the Socceroos squad unless they're playing regularly at, at a good level. Well, yeah. that's, that's the thing about Viduka. I mean, you know, if I was Mark Viduka, I'd be thinking I've certainly got the quality and I've got the reputation. If I could just get a club, yeah. you know, try my hardest, you know, to get fair and stay fit, then I can play sure. in the World Cup. But yep. I just don't think he thinks like that. All right, finally, before we end, end this uh, part of the uh, programme, um, talk to me about Burnley. Who was surprised that Burnley made it? I'm really uh, pleased they made it, actually. I wasn't yeah. surprised at all because I went back to the UK um, over Christmas and year period and right. uh, went to the Tottenham Burnley uh, Colling Cup yeah. uh, semi-final right. and uh, they played some really good football and you know they, they're, they've got a philosophy they play you know they play the ball around and they've got a couple of good young players and um, I think Matt Janssen who was once uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was once heralded as a you know the next, next big thing yeah. as a youngster he had and, an accident didn't he do you remember this he had a, I think he had a motorbike accident or something like that right. and that put him out for and a while yeah. and they and they just you know I was really impressed and then obviously in the second leg back at Burnley they uh, 
they uh, nearly turned us over mm. and that, you know that just had a, a lot of respect for them as a team and but the the issue is is are they going to just do a West Brom are they yeah. you know will the, yo, yo. will um, the boss say it's Owen Coyle, Owen Coyle isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Will, he, will they keep playing that football knowing that that might be their undoing no, you know, yeah. West Brom you know, to their credit didn't change the way they played and went straight back down in last yeah. place but that's 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 how they're building their club you know they, they, mm. they won't go into debt they've got a pretty solid financial model and their view is this is the way I want to play and if that means we yo-yo between the championship and the Premier League then so be it but it, I guess it depends on who's running the club about upstairs right. and what their motivation is because without doubt staying in the Premier League for two or three seasons for a team like Burnley would be mm. you know invaluable but do they gamble on spending the TV money in an effort to stay yeah. in the, the Premier League or do they stick with what they've got maybe add a few you know they, they picked up some good little sort of fringe players like yeah. Chris Eagles yeah. who, you know who made it into the Man U's team the keeper on occasion, was, but, was very good you know good mm. solid player yeah. the keeper was good but like it, it, it's it's amazing when you think that the population of Burnley is 90,000 people and they're going to get 60 million uh, now that they've gone up to the Premier Division like it's, it's nearly three quarters of a million for everyone in the place. Well, they said that I was um, I was watching the playoff, and they said that over half the town was at Wembley Stadium. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, can you see uh, Burnley going up and down, or can you see Birmingham staying up and Wolves? What do we think of that? It's, it's always tough. They normally say um, two out of three go back down. That wasn't yeah. the case this year, was it? But as a general rule, yeah, I think they they have to invest in a few quality players mm. I think some of them that expect to maintain the same unit they did well in a lower league and think that's going to get them through it's not going to work really so mm. I think it would depend a lot on the signings if I, if I was a team coming up this season I'd look at the the finishing table and see that Hull stayed right. up on yeah. 35 points which I think was the least ever that's right um, you know and I'd look at that and think you know what I think if we can be better than Hull and better than Portsmouth you know and Portsmouth are in a bit of free fall as well mm-hmm. you know I, th- I think the teams coming up this year will look at it and think we've got a pretty good chance of staying up certainly better mm-hmm. than than you know teams in recent seasons would look at the, the bottom see, end see you, you, you brought up a very interesting point because all of the people in Europe and a lot of people all over the world say the Premier League is the best league in the world and yet when Harry Redknapp was at Portsmouth he said I have to have 40 points a season otherwise I get relegated and now that 40 points has suddenly shrunk down to become 35 so there is an enormous gap West Ham got relegated on 42 points one year and that was the highest amount good Um, but you know they say the Premier League is the biggest league in the world you've got Wigan Sunderland Hull Wolves Birmingham and Burnley yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. wow I think the, the big four are really good in yeah. England yeah. But yeah, I, think, I think the Premier League is probably the strongest league oh, yeah. in the world but, you know and it's not necessarily at the top end but I think it's at that bottom mm. end that you know the, the, the quality runs down I would put you know the majority you know Mm. the bottom half of the Premier League against the bottom half of Serie A the bottom half of La Liga and I'd say the Premier League would always would always win those games See? at the top as we've seen this morning yeah 
you know, it, it's toss a coin on, on their day. Man United could beat Barcelona. As we've seen this morning, Barcelona beat Man United yeah. pretty comfortably. Season 2009-2010 is going to be very, very interesting, of course, with a World Cup as well stuck in the middle. We're going to take a break here. We'll be back at, back in a moment with more on 442 Insider. Live Sport Radio. Sport 24-7. A section of the senior players asked Terry Wallace to resign. Tells us that we've got a bit of a fragmented group. How Terry Wallace goes out and tries to coach tomorrow night is beyond all of us who have a grasp of footy down here. There is some big swells happening at the moment. Just at the bottom of the ramp there, there was like a big four or five foot shore dump, Dave, and um, it was sucking right back out. I thought my boat was sitting on the bottom there a few times. Ferguson himself, with his antics, wins Man United as many points as as anyone on the pitch. Two referees operating in rugby league is a total disaster. I've said it from the start. I continue to say it. Immediately, everybody starts pointing the finger, and then they start pointing it at the manager, and you're like, really, truly, how much of an influence does a manager have? One of the toughest jobs of a manager is to really get in the team to jail together. There are New Guinea tribesmen that have never seen a game of rugby league that can tell you Braithen Astor's not a fullback. This is Live Sport Radio. Sport 24-7. Looking for someone to bet with? Come to Betfair.com. Betfair punters bet against each other. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. To get better odds yep. and bigger yep. wins. So join the world's biggest online betting community. Betfair.com. Betting as it should be. Promotional code PRT888. Don't miss the new issue of 442, Australia's number one football magazine. This month, we chat exclusively with Mark Schwarzer, Australia's first choice keeper about life at Fulham and why he's not taking World Cup qualification for granted. We go one-on-one with Socceroos assistant coach Graham Arnold in a remarkably candid interview about where we came up short at the Asian Cup and the Olympics. And we ask overseas fans what they think of their Aussie players. Exclusive interviews with Kaka, Arshavan and a look into Boca Juniors youth system rounds off another issue no football fans should be without. On sale at all good news agents or head to au.442.com to subscribe and to get it delivered to your door. If it's in the game, it's in 442. Attention all sporting memorabilia collectors. If you're looking for top quality, authentic memorabilia to add to your collection or as a personal or corporate gift, memorabilia Online.com.au is your answer. Be it cricket, Aussie rules, legal union, horse racing, boxing, motorsports, in fact, most popular sports. Go to memorabiliaonline.com.au and have a browse around. All products are guaranteed authentic with prices to suit all budgets. Memorabiliaonline.com.au. I just don't know what's wrong with some tradies today. Look at the vehicles they drive. More show than anything, and certainly not tough. I reckon some tradies have gone soft. For real, fair dinkum, tough tradies, there is only one choice. Mahindra. Mahindra's range of 4x2 and 4x4 workhorse pickups and cab chassis know how to get the job done. And they won't cost an arm and a leg. Starting at $16,990, running out sale price. Visit your local dealer for a test drive today or visit mahindrapickup.com.au. The latest on the world game on Sport 24-7. This is 442 Insider. 
Okay, welcome back to 442 Insiders. This is section four, what we call warm down. In actual fact, when I looked at it and saw warm down, I think it might hot up. We're going to talk about Pim Verbeek's soccer squad for the three internationals coming up. Uh, all right, let's start with you, Paul. Is it going to be a warm down or is it going to be a hot uh, topic? I, I can feel the heat yeah. just from where I'm sitting, Colin. <laughs> and I don't know if that's uh, something else or the football, but um, we'll discuss that off air. Um, look, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a good squad. I think there's not really many surprises. A couple mm. of uh, curveballs that he's thrown there, but not really anyone we haven't heard of or wouldn't expect to be picked. I think the one thing that um, it does say to me is that there's enough kind of fringe players there, the, the likes of Reese Williams, Vidasic, yeah. Spiranovic and Madashi, that <clears throat> the Pim is probably thinking, look, we've, we've, we've won this and I might blood some of these the, these guys in the in the two games in Australia, I think he's pretty confident that we'll get something out of the game at Qatar. And you know these guys, they wouldn't necessarily be picked in in previous squads or you know when we've yeah, really right. needed yeah. to get results. And probably what it says to me is that you know behind closed doors he knows that it's job done and you know that maybe he'll blood a couple of these younger players who've only got a couple of caps uh, mm. for, for the game in Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah. Andy? Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd like to see them get the point they need in Qatar. I really hope they do because what will be interesting will be to see um, how Pim sets out the side to play when the pressure's off. Because there's been a lot of talk throughout this whole qualification period that it's about the results, it's about getting there, which it is. Of course yeah. it is. But it'd be great to see them come back for these two games at home against teams like, like Bahrain, who they struggled with away from home. But more importantly, Japan, who yeah. are a team that they played at the last World Cup, could well end up playing at this World Cup, or teams of that of that level, and see how he sets his team out and how he sends them out to play when there isn't the need to grind out a result and that will tell us more I think about his ability going into the World Cup in terms of how he wants Australia to play in the World Cup when you know every game will count but we'll have to go out there and win games yeah I, I see a problem for I see actually two problems for him Get the, he gets the points against uh, Qatar then he's got to play Bahrain and use the young guys as you correctly say Paul but then he has a problem because he's got to play Japan and you know he doesn't need the points he doesn't need anything out of the Japanese game except he needs a crowd to go there and he needs to convince the public in Australia and I think he also will have pressure from the hierarchy in uh, in FFA to play his best team because the television will demand it that he put out his best team the crowd will demand it so yeah, well, I think there'll be a bit of pressure yeah, there. Japan's a statement game I think yeah. you know he's, we've got to go out there and prove that we can still mix it with the best in Asia and yeah. after the Asian Cup in 2007 which is quite disappointing from a performance wise mm. I think you know as Andy said you know we've got all the results we've qualified now but we st I still think that there's an element of us needing to prove that we can really mix yep. it with the big boys because if we can't mix it with Japan then we're not going to mix it with the likes of uh, Brazil and Argentina answer, yeah. and I Italy think I think it's so the minute the minute they qualify then it's about every game between now and next May 
is about him fine-tuning who the 23 yeah, players are. That's right. And it's not necessarily about sending out a completely different side, but it's about trying some other players in the key positions who he doesn't know enough about. Yep. But in combinations with the, you know, the, the, the established players who he knows will be definitely, definitely be going. So it's about potentially trying Reese Williams alongside Lucas Neal at the back. It's potentially trying McDonald and, and Kennedy yep. as a pair. You know, yep. so he's getting those combinations and and so I don't think we'll see him play a completely different side even against Bahrain good, yeah. but now's the time when he should be trying these fringe players alongside the experienced players to say yeah. okay if we had an injury to Tim Cahill who's the guy that replaces him if we had an injury to Lucas Neal who plays centre back you know and that that's yeah. what the next however many games it is between qualification and naming the squad should be about Trevor um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting when these squads get announced because they're, they're so difficult to completely agree with, you know, what he's, um, what he's named. But in terms of preparing for those final games, I think, you know, like Andy says, it's about getting the positions right. And it's also about preparing for different game situations because anything can come up in the World Cup. So that Japan game, which I think will be a total dead rubber because I think Japan would have probably qualified by then. So, you know, trying a more attacking approach, you know, for, they're needing to push for a goal, just sort of mixing up so the players know what mindset they need to get into at the World Cup to get the right result mm. you, I, I think that what I'd like to see Pim do more than anything else is really play to the strengths of the strikers he's got on the pitch right. you know play to play play a formation or a system that plays to the strength of Scott McDonald because Scott McDonald has been fantastic for Celtic knocking in the mm. goals but they obviously play a certain way to utilise him that way and I think that you know what they need to do is play in a way that does give Scott the chance to just poach those goes rather than kind of running at uh, uh, 60% of the speed of every other player on the pitch and, and, and not really playing to his strengths. And the same with Josh Kennedy as okay, well. Okay, let, let me throw in a wobbler then to the three of you. Uh, what happens, uh, we're talking about Josh Kennedy and, and Scott McDonald up front and Harry Kuehl and, and Tim Cale. What happens if at the weekend... Mark Viduka makes a phone call to Pim and says, hey, I'm in. What happens then? Does too it late. change? Sorry, too late. We'll consider you for the, the game against Ireland in, in July or whatever that is. You August. don't think you'll bring him into the this squad? This is the squad for the three games. I, right. think I think if anyone dropped out and Viduka said he was available, I think he'd bring him in. Oh, if someone dropped out. Yeah. Then, then that's different, you know. But, uh, but I don't think so. I think, you know, uh, uh, he was given the time to make himself available. He hasn't. Then. But no, he said he allowed him. He gave him in the interview yesterday. He said I gave him until this weekend, which is this coming Saturday, cup, right. uh, after the FA Cup final. He also says that Tim uh, Tim Cale will join the uh, squad on Monday um, while he's celebrating his uh, win in the FA Cup but, final. But do you really want to? Do you really want a player in your squad who is just vacillating so much about whether he even wants to play football whether he wants to be part of the World Cup squad you know undoubtedly a talented player and would be have an X factor off the bench but you know for harmony in the in the dressing room when you when you're questioning whether you want to play or be part of the team and you want a little bit more time to make up your mind I think you go with the players you got people who are 100% committed and uh, you, you take what you've got and yeah, not worry I, about I, I'll add a little bit Paul to that uh, one of the things that the 
uh, Verbeek was was very confident about yesterday was when he was cross-examined about Viduka and his talking with Viduka uh, and all of the conversations they had. Viduka never mentioned anything about retiring. He says he doesn't even know where that came from. Viduka had only two things on his mind: to get fit and get and play for Newcastle. Then he was going to make a decision. There was never anything about Viduka thinking of retiring. That's he says might, might have been paper talk. Mm. You know, someone coming up with a with a story. But like Viduka coming back, um, Viduka and Q played together. Like he, he's played with all of those guys. You would be tempted to play Viduka. I, I, see, even if he was, I wouldn't pick him because again, he for me he falls into that camp of we know about him, we know what he can do. You know, I'd rather see him play Nick Carl in the hole behind Kennedy or with McDonald because then we're going to find something out about whether Nick Carl should be going to South Africa. Similarly, Vidasic, you know, I'd rather see those guys get a chance over these next three games with the pressure off, hopefully after the first game, um, to see whether they're good enough to go to the World Cup. Mm, yeah. mm. Trev, you've got some uh, readers... Um points from the forums haven't you yeah like like I was saying it's it's one of those things that pulls up a lot of discussion because everyone's going to agree and disagree the main thing that came up from the forum was that the two players that were overlooked was James Troisi and Rukovica Right. Most most people seem to think that you know those two should have been included. Though you know they should have been blooded and given mm. their opportunity, which is quite interesting. And to a certain extent, I, I probably yeah, you'd uh, agree. I probably agree with that. But yeah, some interesting um, posts about it. I mean, uh, Dave nineteen eighty nine thinks that maybe after they qualify, after we're definitely at the World Cup, then you know those two might come through. But then the sort of forum discussion went on a bit about Holman because Holman's another one that yeah. um, lots of fans. De- Divides opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, it's quite interesting. Guest said that Holman is so technically superior to Carl. Comparing them is like comparing Philip Stake Holman to Silverside Carl. Wow! No, no. Sure. <laughs> no wonder they're a guest. Can we bar them? For the yeah, we might have to. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it went on seriously. It said uh, technically better than Carl. OMG. Oh my God, I believe that was. Yeah. Um, comment of the century, but it's quite interesting actually because seriously has a picture of Mark Viduka celebrating a Newcastle shirt, which ironically makes it quite difficult to photo, take it I think it's photoshopped. It's yeah. got to be, isn't it? It, must hasn't. Be. Yeah. it was another interesting point that came up from um, Euro Ruse. It said, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Cole Valeri um, if he's Italian Serie B club, Grissetta make the promotion playoffs, which they will if they win this weekend. And the dates would clash, so it would be an awkward club versus country <laughs> situation promotion to the Serie A or World Cup qualification so that would be quite um, mm. interesting if, if that's correct I think the other the other thing that's interesting as well is that I think by capping Reese Williams and Vidasic he's locking them into Australia as well that's which right. should be overlooked you know they're, they're yeah. still you know they've come out and said that yeah. this is where their loyalties lie they, they, could, they could play for other countries yeah. and getting the cap will actually yeah. lock them into to Australia so. yeah. Yeah. Finally, Paul, before uh, we uh, close down this uh, weekend show, um, what about the uh, iPods? A lot of people uh, getting on and listening to it on the internet, listening to the program on the internet. Where are we in the pop charts? Oh, on, on the charts. <laughs> on the yeah, charts. All, all the kids with their iPods. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're doing doing pretty well. Obviously, uh, you can listen to the podcast on sport247.com.au, uh, which is uh, where our esteemed producer works, oh, yeah. and that's on 
drive time on uh, Thursday. Uh, but yes, you can also listen to it on on iTunes, which is uh, apparently a jukebox on the interweb. On the is interweb, it? yes. Oh God, I need you know about that. So you can subscribe to us there and uh, get us in your uh, computer every every week, uh, which is quite strange. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, we 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 went up to number three, so we want to. That's we the highest ranking. Highest ranking. I think they calculate it hourly. I'm trying to work out how many people it is to move up one place. <laughs> so yeah, tell tell your mums and your friends and everyone else to try and get to number one and uh, make a big fuss about it. Well, thank you very much. That's very good. You rounded it all up. Andy Jackson, Paul Hansford, and uh, Trevor Trahan were with me here at 442 Insider. I'm Colin Turner for the team. Goodbye. <laughs>